something that I've been doing to the point in Chicago, and he's doing this. I mean, that is what Bobby the Brain Heenan would call a ham and egger move. What the heck's going on in Champaign, Illinois with Brett Bielema? They, they have a real shot to get to. Frazier's got it, and the Big Ten Championship is in And now, broadcasting live and local, from the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. We're going to sneak the Cardinal thing in here. It's just laughable. Season's over. I'm done. And Eric Fry. Carson Wentz was down with a sickness as he's dealing with an illness. It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Lovely uh, Thursday here, throwback Thursday, thirsty Thursday, whatever you want this Thursday to be. We're here to help you celebrate, and we're also here to talk some uh, sports for the next hour here on ESPN Radio. What's happening? You're hanging out with uh, Travis Sparks, Eric Fry, and we uh, got to be talking some uh, local sports, of course. We'll be uh, getting you set for all of the regional championships tonight in uh, volleyball, so we'll see how uh, we uh, got there from action from last night and we'll also take a look at what happened in the NBA from last night as we had a lot more action and then the opening night only two games only two games tonight so uh, we'll talk about uh, that we'll hit up on some uh, college football as well because we probably won't be able to get to a lot of that uh, tomorrow yeah, yeah. Uh, because uh, hey no Illini this yeah, week as we sure. have a uh, bye week so we'll hit up on uh, some uh, college uh, football some college football news haven't really got into the Michigan uh, stuff the Michigan fiasco there we might have to unwrap that but that might be a Big topic mm-hmm. to uh, tackle uh, here. I might have to save some of it for the podcast if that's the case. And we also got uh, a couple area coaches as well. Coach Watkins from the Cumberland Pirates. Coach Hefner from the FEM Hearts. Both talking about their upcoming uh, playoff matchups. And for Cumberland, it's uh, tomorrow. For FEM, it is on Saturday mm-hmm. uh, there. And we'll be previewing more in-depth the uh, First round matchups on a tomorrow's show for uh, round number one of the IHSA football playoffs. Plus, Travis, our final polls of the year. Final polls of the year. We got to take a look at them yep. where our area teams yep. finished in the last regular season uh, and poll. It may be disappointing. Just let you know. Mm, yeah. I've looked ahead. It may be disappointing for uh, local area teams. Red, red ahead. Yeah. Well, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to find out together yep. then. Yep. Uh, what that entails so uh, stick around for that and we'll also try to get to some other stuff uh, maybe some football NFL action uh, tonight Thursday night football of course kicks off the new week 
and might try to squeeze in some hockey as well. We'll just see whatever we can get to uh, here on the show and whatever we don't get to, we'll get to in that podcast. Of course, you can find that favorite podcast wherever you find your favorite pods, iTunes, Spotify, and even check it out on the website, evmradio.com, and that's also where you can follow along on our local sports as well. Just click on our local sports tab there, and also while you're there on our website, just Cruise around a little bit and see what you can uh, find with uh, other things, local mm-hmm. news, other things, trading posts, all that good stuff over on the website, fmradio.com. All right, uh, so uh, we need to uh, waste uh, no more time, and we need to get into it, and let's uh, start the uh, first segment. It's a thing we call First Things First. Before we get into the show. Things first, and we open up with some uh, basketball. We open up with some NBA action uh, from uh, last night, as a lot more teams uh, got underway. We'll talk about the ESPN doubleheader here in uh, just a second, but uh, let's uh, first uh, start off in a, a city that is more closer to us, and that's the Chicago Bulls, because last night they fell to the uh, Thunder, one twenty-four to one oh four. 20-point loss to the uh, Thunder. It's a comeback there. The Bulls looked fine there for a while, but then it all kind of fell apart there and got outscored by 11 in the uh, final quarter and ended up going and blown out by 20 against OKC, Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, not not only that, Travis, but after the game. Yes. Players-only meeting. Mm-hmm. Billy Donovan, I guess – Came in, they were already in the middle of a, a heated discussion, he said, um, after one game. Mm-hmm. Yep. One game in, and we're already holding players-only meetings mm-hmm. there. Yep. So I don't think that that's a good thing. And I love Travis. <laughs> uh, you know how I know how much you love him. Mm-hmm. But Mr. Pat McAfee. Yes. On his show yesterday. Uh-huh. Totally unrelated. He was talking NFL. Right. But he said, if you're doing players-only meetings, just go ahead and book your January vacations. <laughs> so the... The Bulls. The Bulls can already... Start booking your vacation because... It seems you, like we just unpacked unpacked yes. this new house, this new season, and yep. we can already pack it up. Yep. <laughs> pack it in. I also love how what were the shirts the Bulls were wearing before the game, Travis? The, the warm-up shirts? Uh-huh. What do they say? See red. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of been there. That's well, that's what they're seeing. Uh, yeah. is red because they can't anger the thunder, and they can't. <laughs> you can't have this after one game, right? Like one, one game is not enough to be like we need to. Everyone, players only. Everyone, get here. I'm questioning your effort. You know, obviously, we don't know what was said, sure, in this meeting, but you you can't be having it after game one. Right, that is a little, little off-putting if you're a Bulls fan to have your players frustrated already after here, one game in. Here, here we go. Billy Donovan said he walked into the Bulls locker room last night. Mm-hmm. The players were already in heated conversations. He asked if they wanted him to leave to handle the conflict, and the players said yes. 
So we did. <laughs> Donovan emphasized that embracing conflict is a key for this year's roster. He also wanted to say uh, he emphasized that this wasn't a huge blow-up. Quote, they weren't screaming at each other, end quote, and players echoed that in postgame, but frustration was clear. Zach Levine criticized second-half response, saying, I don't think we played with enough heart. Right, yeah, and he also said hey, guys want to win. You put up a game like this in game one, you're going to have some conversations. Guys are frustrated. And you should be. It's a good thing, but it sucks that it happened game one. It happened, and we got to go from there. Now, there's two ways to look about this, Travis. There is Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, kind of the leaders of this team, rallying in their troops after game one because we can't start off this way on this season. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the hopeful way of looking at it. Here's the not hopeful way of looking at it. Zach Levine's name has been floated out more than once on trades. Mm-hmm. Especially to a certain team that have numbers as their logo. Right. And there's a guy who doesn't want to play for that team who's stuck on that team. Mm-hmm. Is this Levine's way of getting out of Chicago? Hmm. No. Is this him ruffling the feathers? Game one. Because he's tired of his name being floated out there. No, I, I don't think so. I think everything, at least I said publicly, right? I mean, he's saying all the right things publicly, and he would just kind of be uh, going behind behind the media and everybody's back if he want, actually wants out and doing this um, in an undermining way. But that that's, yes, if he was wanting out. But what I'm saying is, is he doing this to make himself a locker room cancer? After game one, you're going to blow up at your team? Like, after game one, you're going to have to have a meeting so that no one wants to trade for him. So he is in Chicago. Mm. Yeah. Because his name, more than so. any other bowl, was floated out all off season and at last year's trade deadline of he's the guy who's going to get traded. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. His name has definitely... And if you are another GM waking up this morning and seeing this after game one, are you bringing that guy into your locker room? Right. Yeah, probably probably not. But there was uh, also frustration in the locker room and frustration on the uh, bench. Uh, Vucevic and uh, Donovan got into it a little bit. But that could just be kind of heat of the moment type of thing. And that was what uh, Nicola said after the... A game that happened in the heat of the moment. We're trying to win. We're trying to do what you can to help your team. Uh, I didn't like what was going on there when he was asked about the exchange that him and Donovan uh, have had on the bench. But uh, despite that, Donovan said he was happy with the way the Bulls were discussing their issues on Wednesday night, especially compared to what he called a quiet group last season. Uh, the Bulls missed the playoffs last year, of course, after losing in the uh, play-in tournament and are trying to produce a better result with a roster that is nearly identical to what they brought back uh, from a season ago uh, there. And, so. and to me, that's the problem, Travis. Like, this team didn't make the playoffs last year, and you're hoping it just clicks now. You didn't upgrade anything. No, not really. Everyone else in the East got better. At least the contending teams. Right. Uh, the Bulls brought back their top seven players by yeah. minutes played from last season. So uh, you added uh, Carter and Tory Craig. Yeah, Carter, uh, uh, 16 minutes last night, three points, two assists, 
one mm-hmm. for four shooting on three pointers. Yeah. And Craig played 22 minutes and had 11 points, two turn, uh, two fouls, and a turnover. Mm-hmm. You know who didn't see a whole lot of playing time, Travis? Uh, that was Mr. Iodesumu. Yeah, only nine minutes, and in those nine minutes, he put up eight points. Eight points. Get yep. him more playing time. He was the highest bench player in terms of plus-minus on the Bulls bench. Right. I thought, though, when he first came in, he brought some good energy. Yes. And I think he hit uh, his first two threes. You talk about there. someone who wants to be there. Sure. He wants to be there. Yeah, just a kid from Chicago. Yes, playing for his team. Mm-hmm. After going to his college, like he yep. is an Illinois guy through and through to the bone, mm-hmm. and you're making him the third, fourth, fifth option off the bench. Yeah, that is despicable. I would say it's not even the fourth option; definitely the fifth option uh, there yeah. with uh, Caruso, mop up time, and now Carter with the addition of him. Yep, so. and Craig. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just, so, uh, this Bulls team's a mess. One game in, I'm already, already up on the year. Already one game in, it's a dumpster fire there in Chicago at the United Center last night with hey, a 20 point they, loss uh, of the Thunder. At least they posterized Chet Holmgren, so that's good. They did, I saw that, but I think it was all downhill from there. That yeah. was one of the few highlights of the yep. game. Uh, Shea Gilders Alexander had 31 points to lead the way for the Thunder mm. in their opening uh, victory of the season uh elsewhere on the espn a doubleheader we had the celtics win by four over the knicks it was 108 to 104 and uh, christoph porzingis comes back to yeah. msg in game one and was uh, pretty good therefore the celtics uh, jason tatum was one of the other uh, top performers uh there obviously uh there but uh porzingis showing out against his former team absolutely uh, there, trying to pull up some stats that I saw from Mr. Uh, yeah, it was on ESPN Stats and Invo. Uh, 30 points. That's the most points in a Celtics debut for Christoph Porzingis. First player in NBA history with five threes and four blocks in a team debut. And he held the Knicks to 20% shooting when contesting shots there. So, mm. Porzingis. Maybe a little bit of a revenge game. Very much so. And a revenge against me because I called him washed up, I think, in the yeah, offseason. Right. And he comes out and has a performance like that. Drops 30 on his former team there. Um, so the Knicks lose on opening night. I'm sure Spike Lee wasn't happy leaving MSG last night. A lot of disappointing fans. I'm sure Greeny, I don't know if he was a fan of really the Knicks, but I know he was in attendance there. Come on, Greeny. Where are you? Not on your show this morning. I know. It wasn't even working. He was just hanging out in the booth with Jets and former Jets. Saw him and Bart Scott. Well, that's why. He was just hanging out Take with the pick. Jets. Take a pick. Yeah. I, I saw what was in your hand, too. Like, uh-huh. come on. I mean, hey, I, I, I would indulge on a Wednesday night, too, but I show up to work the next day. That's right. Come on. Uh, the uh, Mavericks also in a game number two of that doubleheader on ESPN, one against the uh, Spurs, and uh, Victor Wimbayama's uh, debut there for uh, San Antonio. But it was uh, Luca with a, a triple-double kind of stealing the show. There are 33 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists for Luca in game number one and dropping a triple-double there. Uh, Wimbayama, you know, he scored some points late. Scored 15 in 23 minutes. So, 
seem pretty good. I don't know if I'm going to call uh, like Jay Will this morning on first take. Could become one of the all-time greats after game one. Yeah, I don't know if it's great. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'd go that far. But, um, you know, I hear some people saying about uh, Stephen A. Smith saying about a fragile frame or whatever. Feeble, I think, is what he used words exactly i mean this, these are some of the things that we were saying about kevin durant right as well but and uh, kd ended up being just fine there oh he's gonna put on some muscle he doesn't have the body to be able to uh withstand the nba uh physicality i think victor will be uh just fine yep despite some of his ridiculous uh frame arms and legs there but spurs lose on his debut and it was Luca still on his show there last night. Elsewhere in the association, the Pacers actually got a win over the Wizards, 143 to 1-20. Halliburton, double-double there, 20 points, 11 assists. Yeah, the Hornets win by 6 over the Hawks, 116 to 1-10. You also had the Magic blow out the Rockets, 116 to 1-86. Cavs with a one-point victory over the Nets, 114 to 1-13. And Donovan Mitchell there with the game-winning three-pointer at the end. 27 points for mm-hmm. him. One-point victory for the Heat over the Pistons, 103-102. to Kate Cunningham drops 30 in the loss. Uh, it was the Raptors by three over the Timberwolves, 97-94. Pelicans and a Zion, including the last team's 12 points, including a posterizing dunk yeah. as well. In his debut, one eleven to one oh four. Yeah, yeah. Pelicans yeah. with the win. So one Zion. game. <laughs> Zion good last night. For a game. For a game. Twenty three points. Fragile body. Fragile <laughs> I know. frame. I know. Injury prone he is. Uh Kings got the win over the Jazz one thirty to a one of fourteen to begin the season. And the uh, Clippers with the win over the uh, Trailblazers one twenty three to one. 11 there action tonight only two games on the uh, schedule two games or two teams that will be making their season debuts tonight it's the 76ers and milwaukee bucks and uh, even though james Harden did show up to the building the other day i've heard that he's not gonna play uh, of course not in this one so it'll be joel and bead and crew versus Giannis and a dame See what they look like for the first time mm-hmm. this season. Six-point favorites are the uh, Bucks. if you're into that entertainment. And uh, the uh, second game on uh, TNT tonight is a team that's already been in action on uh, night number one, but they'll be back in action. It's the Suns and the Lakers squaring off tonight as well. So you got Devin Booker, KD versus LeBron, and AD and crew. If AD actually shows up in the fourth quarter. There you go. We'll see. Can't be any worse than opening night. No, we can't. So, at least score a point. Overrated. <laughs> uh, again, talk about a guy that has a fragile body. Mm-hmm. And that is one of them uh, there. Uh, so, that's what's uh, going on in uh, the association uh, tonight. But when uh, we come back, we'll step away here and we'll talk about some uh, volleyball regionals uh, from last night. And also got some uh, junior high basketball, girls basketball there in the NTC tournament at the 8th grade level. And uh, get set for the uh, regional championships in volleyball tonight as well. And uh, we'll be talking about that coming up next here on the Star Lineup. 
The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios will be right back. <laughs> you shouldn't let financial concerns spoil your retirement, and you shouldn't have to worry about what you'll leave for your family after you're gone. If you set up a tax-free inheritance for your loved ones with single premium whole life insurance, you can drop your worries and enjoy your retirement. Contact your local Pekin Insurance agent to request a single premium whole life quote. And in Effingham, call Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. Sherwin-Williams Distribution Center in Effingham is hosting a hiring event on Friday, November 3rd from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. at 711 West Wabash Avenue. Call 217-500-3273 to schedule an interview or stop by anytime. Our full-time warehouse technicians have a starting rate on second shift of $2,507 per hour and on third shift of $2,557 per hour. We also have a new weekend shift that works three 12-hour days on day shift and is paid for 40 hours. Apply online anytime at Sherwin.com slash Effingham. Sherwin-Williams is an equal opportunity employer for for all protected statuses, including veteran and disability. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated marketing text messages. Consent are required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. The team's looking good this season. I think so. Man, I miss playing football. Being young with unlimited energy to burn. Ever since I turned 40, I just can't find that fire I used to have. Think it could be lower testosterone? What do you mean? All guys lose their edge when they turn 40. The body has less testosterone. That's why I take Nugenics Total T. I've heard about Nugenics. That really works? Since I started taking Nugenics, I'm lifting like when we played for Coach Carter. I feel more energized at work. It's even spiced up things between me and the missus. Are they still giving out complimentary bottles for people to try? Yep, send a text. It's that easy. Text POWER to 4242 for right now for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea. It's the number one selling testosterone boosting brand at GNC and Walmart. Do it now and they'll also send you a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, their newest, most powerful fat burner ever, absolutely free. Text P-O-W-E-R to 42424. That's power to 42424. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And now. Now here's the thing. I was just looking at ESPN. They have their team stats. And I almost choked on the water I hadn't drank yet because it says for the Saints, they've given up nine points per game. That's it. The starting lineup. That is not right. It's just the playoffs. No. It's, it's cumulative of the season, I believe. Well, maybe not. It's just the playoffs. No, because they give up. Okay. It is. You're right. Okay. Never mind. Don't listen to me. I'll be sitting over here being quiet. On 98.9 The Game. Set up on uh, some uh, local sports, some local uh, volleyball from uh, last night, some regional uh, semifinals there in uh, St. Elmo. We only had a one game as North Clay, uh, they advanced automatically to the regional championship tonight due to Altamont's withdrawal from the original. And uh, the team that they were set to face will be uh, the uh, St. Anthony Bulldogs as they got the win. They're the three seed over the five seed South Central they won it in two sets, 25-16, 25-15. 
Casey Westfield Regional saw the number one seed Sarah Gordo take care of business against the host school, uh, Casey Westfield. 25-20, 25-13 was the final there. It was the uh, four-seed Oblong over the five-seed uh, Palestine-Hudsonville, and I was in uh, three sets. Palha actually won the first set 25-12, but Oblong won the second set 25-23 and 25-21 to win the match. In the Okaw Valley Regional, it was the two-seed Windsor Stew Straws get the win over the host school. Eight-seed Okaw Valley, 25-10 and 25-2-7. And we had an upset here. We had the six-seed Arcola over the three-seed of Chrisman in two sets. And the first set went 28-26 in the way of the Purple Riders. And then a long second set as well. 26-24 was the final for the Purple Riders to pull off the upset. Over the three there. Mm-hmm. And the South Fork Regional is the number one seed, a Champagne uh, Judah Christian, over the ninth seed, South Fork, 25 17 in both games. It was the four seed, Villa Grove, winning over the seventh seed, a Georgetown Ridge Farm, 30 28 in set number one. And then the second one, 25 2 and 19. And in the Leroy Regional last night, it was a couple upsets here. The six over the two, it was Argenta. Over the two-seed Heritage in two sets, 25-17, 25-9. And we also had the five-seed Leroy over the three-seed Hayworth. And Hayworth actually won the first set, 26-24, feeling good. Leroy came back there in the second set to win 25-16 and won the third and final set, 25-14 there. So just like you drew it up in the regional championship, six versus five there in Leroy. In junior high, girls basketball from last night at the 8th grade level, the National Trail Conference Tournament continued there in Beecher City, and we had a triple header there last night. It was the number one seed at Sigal St. Michael, defeating the ninth seed Nioga. 49-12 was the final. The two seed at Stewartson, Strasburg, Windsor, defeated the seventh seed Brownstown St. Elmo, 27-15. And the three seed North Clay uh, defeated uh, the sixth seed at Count Herrick, Beecher City, 37-20. to was the final score there. Let's look at some uh, local sports for uh, tonight in uh, volleyball. We got a regional championships all over the place. All the regionals will conclude here tonight in 1A, 2A, 3A. But first we'll start in 1A. St. Elmo Regional Championship, the two-seed at North Clay, Clay City. We'll take on the three-seed at St. Anthony at 6 o'clock. Casey Westfield Regional Championship, the number one seed, Sarah Gordo, four versus the four-seed Oblong. And uh, all these games, I believe, start at 6 o'clock there. So won't mention that. Repeat that. Okaw Valley Regional Championship, the two-seed Windsor Stu Straws taking on the six-seed Arcola. South Fork Regional Championship, uh, Champagne Judah Christian against the four-seed of Villa Grove. And in the Leroy Regional Championship, like I just mentioned, the six-seed Argenta against the five-seed of Leroy there. In the Class 2A Vandalia Regional Championship, the two-seed Hillsborough taking on the three-seed Shelbyville. East Allenwood River Regional Championship, the number one seed Staunton against the four seed of Carlinville in that South Central Conference matchup for the Regional Championship. In the North Mac Regional Championship, it's the two seed Pleasant Plains against the three seed uh, Athens. Clinton Regional Championship, the number one seed Downs Tri Valley taking on the six seed of Deer Creek. Westville Regional Championship, the two seed Westville against the three seed of Bismarck, Kinney, Rocheville, Anvil. Lawrenceville Regional Championship, the two-seed of Carmine White County, taking on the six-seed Newton, who pulled off the upset the other night against Robinson. Uh, Hamilton County Regional Championship, the number one seed of Fairfield, taking on the five-seed of Mount Carmel. 
And in the uh, Tolono Unity Regional Championship, a uh, two-seed Bloomington Central Catholic against the three-seed Champaign St. Thomas More. In 3A in a Decatur, the Decatur Eisenhower Regional Championship, the number one seed Chatham Glenwood against the four-seed Mount Zion. Springfield High School Regional Championship, the two-seed at Taylorville versus the three-seed Rochester. Normal University Regional Championship, the number one seed in Normal University against the three-seed Muhammad Seymour. FEM Regional Championship, the two-seed FEM against the three-seed Bethalto Civic Memorial. Champaign Central Regional Title, two-seed Lincoln against the four-seed Champaign Central. And in the Troy Triad Regional Championship, it's the number one seed Highland against the five-seed Salem. And that is your Regional Championship schedule for tonight there in volleyball. In a junior high girls basketball at the 8th grade National Trail Conference Tournament in Beecher City continues. The number one seed is Sigal St. Michael will take on the four seed Altamont at 6 o'clock. And the two seed uh, uh, Stewartson Strasburg Windsor against the three seed North Clay at 7.15 this evening there. So that is what's going on tonight in the world of local sports. And if you missed any of that or if you want to just look back at mm -hmm. some of the archives, local sports results, go to the website, fmradio.com, and click on our local sports tab over there and check it out. And uh, that does it for local sports. But coming up uh, next, we got to talk about some local football, and we got to take a look at our final. Yes, it's a sad time as the playoffs begin, so that means no more high school polls and the Associated Press will come out after this week. So we got to take a look at where our area teams stack up in the final polls in the Associated Press, where they stack up in the final one. Coming up next here on the Star Lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios will be right back. This is Lucas Kroenemann with a message from the FNM Fire Department. As a firefighter, I've witnessed the devastating consequences of vehicle accidents. Let's stay focused. Distracted driving kills. Keep your eyes on the road and off your phone. Buckle up. Seatbelts save lives. It's a simple action that can prevent serious injuries. Also, let's protect our little ones. Use proper car seats for children to ensure their safety. And always check the back seat. Don't forget about loved ones or pets before leaving the car. Let's prioritize car safety. Together we can save lives. Imagine the possibilities with Teutopolis State Bank. This is Jerry Rundy. If you're buying a home, see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business, and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around. Talk with your friends. You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Teutopolis State Bank. In Teutopolis, Sigel, and Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. At the Home Depot, Saturdays are about two things. Getting ready for company with the Samsung Family Hub Plus refrigerator. And football. That's right, Kirk Herbstreet. Search for recipes, check out scores, or even stream the game to the screen at the same time so you never miss a second of the action, which means you can make your famous buffalo chicken dip and have more time for football. For football. Upgrade your Saturday with Samsung and the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Meet Bruce. Hey there. He's a busy soccer dad who's trying hard to learn the game. Go for the end zone! Whoops. Luckily, other things come easy, like banking with Chase. 
On a tip from his banker, he set up Autosave in the Chase mobile app. So what are you saving for, Bruce? Father-daughter soccer camp. Smart bankers, convenient tools. One bank with the power of both. Visit chase.com slash checking. Chase, make more of what's yours. Autosave requires a Chase checking and savings account. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. This is Greeny with Mike Greenberg. I understand that Aaron Rodgers does not have the pedigree of winning that Tom Brady does, but he does have infinitely more credibility than anyone else they have, and frankly, than everyone else they have combined. Show me the other person on that team that has a better idea of how things should get done than Aaron Rodgers does. The Jets hired a coach with no head coaching experience. They have a staff with almost no coaching experience. They have one of the youngest teams in the National Football League. Aaron Rodgers isn't just there to throw a pretty ball. He's there to change the culture. He's there to change the mindset. He's there to change everything because it needs changing. They've had a losing record seven consecutive seasons. They haven't made the playoffs in 12 years. So they're doing the right thing by putting as much as they possibly can in his lap. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg, and you're listening to Effingham's source for local sports and home to Greeny on 98.9 The Game. And now, the starting lineup. It is disrespectful to have the softball national championship at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. What is that? On 98.9 The Game. Eric Fry, Sports Center update. The Blues are trying to get back in the win column, and they visit the Calgary Flames at Scotia Saddle Dome tonight. Blues are coming off a 4 2 loss against the Winnipeg Jets on Tuesday night. St. Louis is 7th place in the Central Division with 5 points in a 2 2 1 record. Tonight's game starts at 8 p.m. St. Louis City SC will end up playing their cross state rival in the first round of the MLS playoffs. City will host the first match with the best of three series against Sporting KC on Sunday. Sporting KC picked up the win in penalty kicks in the wildcard match against San Jose last night. St. Louis went had two wins and one loss against Sporting KC during the regular season. Sunday's match kicks off, Travis, 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock start time in St. Louis for Sporting KC uh, in their first playoff game. Adam Wainwright has officially hung up his cleats. The Cardinal legend filed the paperwork required yesterday to retire. Wainwright had been with the Cardinals since 2005, and he finished his career with a pair of World Series rings, 200 career wins, and a 353 career ERA. He will be eligible for the Hall of Fame ballot in 2029. Injuries keep piling up for the Bears. Five players missed the first practice of the week with injuries yesterday. Justin Fields, Equan Brisker, defensive back Terrell Smith, and offensive lineman Darnell Wright and Nate Davis were all missing from the field yesterday. Additional three other players were limited participants as well. The Bears will visit the Chargers on Sunday. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9. Travis Sparks here, Eric Fry over there with the Sports Center Reads. And going back to the Anna Moyner, I think to see the Cardinals made a corresponding move. What's that? They picked up a minor league infielder who had experience playing with the Diamondbacks. So that's what you need, Travis, a versatile infielder. I've been saying that for a while. Yeah. Guys need an infielder who can play multiple positions. Yeah, we, we don't have one of those. Nope. Do we? Nope. <laughs> you don't have one up <laughs> and, for a gold glove or anything. And I love how you threw that in at the end that he's going to be eligible for the Hall of Fame in 2029. I just want to... <laughs> Get your suit ready, Travis. That's all. I know. Start making your plans. Start making them to Cooperstown. Go to Cooperstown, yep. Never been. Neither have I. Never been. Been to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That was fun. Yeah, but never been to that one either. Yeah, that one, that one's a, a need to go, but it's in Cleveland, so Travis will never go to it. <laughs> sure. 
I think that's about the only good thing. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, there you go. That was fun. That one too. Check it out on my bucket list. Uh, There. All right, so uh, now we need to uh, take a look at for the uh, final time, sad face. Uh, the uh, you know what time it is. Time, time for, for the polls. Time for the last high school polls in the Associated Press for football. We'll have to wait for Associated Press basketball rankings, but they won't uh, come out as frequently as every week for the football uh but let's take a look in uh, 1a of course lena winslow uh, they are still number one there they got 10 first place votes and they're currently the number one seed in the north bracket they're in the playoffs uh camp point central they're number two and uh, they are the uh, number one seed in the south mm-hmm. portion uh belleville altoff catholic uh, they come in at a uh, number three they stay there and they are the four seed in the uh, south who will take on tuscola on a Saturday, uh, Greenfield Northwestern, uh, they come in at a number four. They stayed at number four, and they're currently a three seed in the playoffs in the South against the 14 seed Nokomis. They're in round one. Uh, Hope Academy, uh, they uh, come in at a number five, and uh, they are currently a three seed in the North bracket in the playoffs. Uh, Star County, uh, they uh, actually uh, stayed put in a number six. Hope Academy actually jumped up two spots. They were at seven. Now they're at five. Uh, Star County has stayed at a number six there. And uh, let's see. Uh, they are a two seed at nine and zero in the north bracket. Uh, Morrison, uh, they are also there. I guess they're technically tied at mm-hmm. four six uh, there with uh, Morrison. They're a five seed in the north. Uh, Weathersfield, uh, they come in at a number eight in the uh, polls. And a number nine is Assessor. They jump a whoop one spot, and Assessor is the two seed in the South bracket. And Aurora Christian, they jump up to number ten in the last polls of the season after not being ranked last week. There, and where is Aurora? They're number six. They're a six seed in the North. Mm-hmm. And others receiving a votes category. Uh, only area team here is Casey. And one. Yeah. One vote for the Warriors. What I find interesting, Travis, is that Sussers nine, but I just say rank them second over Greenfield, who's fourth in the polls. Mm-hmm. How does that make any sense? Right. Both have the same record. Obviously, the AP feels that Greenfield Northwestern has faced better opponents, is a better team, mm-hmm. but I just say made Sussers uh, a two right. seed. Yeah. It was kind of odd. Yes, very much so. Uh, there of how uh, things line up. So, again, I still don't know who puts the brackets together and who's voting in these polls. Still don't know. I mean. Because they don't agree with each other. Yeah, so they don't agree with each other at all there. And especially the way that this works out, uh, the uh, number one team in 2A is Moroa Forsyth as they got 10 of first place votes, and they are the two seed in the uh, north. What? <laughs> Yes, a two seed. Uh, Seneca, who's the number one overall seed in the North, is currently ranked fourth in the polls, last polls of the season. Yeah. Uh, Bloomington Central Catholic jumped up a spot to uh, number two, and uh, they are number three. They're a three seed in the North bracket. And uh, Tri-Valley, they come in at a number three. They dropped one spot. Uh, they were at two, now down to 
uh, three there. And where is Tri-Valley on this? Are they the north, south, or the north, obviously? Um, are they even in the 2A brackets? I don't see them. Tri-Valley? Oh, they're in the four seed. Yeah. There we go. Uh, Wilmington, uh, they come in at a number of five. Uh, Rockridge, they are at six. They stayed there. Uh, Arthur actually jumped up one spot, and they're actually tied for seventh with Athens. Uh, there, of course, Arthur, number one overall seed in the south, and Athens, the four seed in the south, and uh, they are taking on Piasol on Saturday. Shelbyville, after their loss last week to Nashville, they drop all the way from five all the way down to nine. So they barely hang on to that uh, spot in the polls. And, of course, Rams are number two seed in the south against Trent Wesleyan there on a Saturday. And then uh, Monuments, they were tied for ninth last week while they come in at number 10 this week. Uh, Lawrenceville actually uh, picked up uh, six votes in the other receiving votes category. And uh, Johnson City there, they're the number three team in the south. They received 11 votes. And Nashville, for beating Shelbyville, received one vote there in the polls. No sense. <laughs> uh, the uh, Class 3A polls, of course, uh, no surprise here. Eric's fourth favorite team. Uh, Byron, still number one there, receiving yep. 10 votes. And, of course, they're number one in the uh, in the north there uh princeton uh, they are number two and they are also a two seed in the uh, north uh roxana they come in at a number three and uh, roxana is a three seed in the uh, 3a brackets in the south uh decoin the number one overall seed in the south is ranked number four they jumped up one spot there montini makes a big jump here as they went from number nine they're ranked all the way at number five here and a Montini, where did they grab a spot in the uh, postseason brackets? Uh, they have to be in the north somewhere. Uh, let's see. I don't. See. Oh, they're number six. They're a six seed. There. Uh, Greenville, they stayed to the same. They're still at a number six, and they drew the two seed in the south. Uh, Williamsville, they jumped up three spots as well to a number seven. And Mount Carmel, they weren't ranked last week, but there they come in at number eight to close out the year. And uh, Mount Carmel is a four seed in the south there. Uh, St. Joe Ogden, they come in at number nine as they actually fell one spot there. And they're a six seed in the south. And uh, the other receiving votes category, uh, Tolono received eight votes, but Sullivan, they still received one vote. Yep. There in 3A after that loss to Arthur. In the 4A polls, we have Rochester number one, and they're also the number one overall seed in the South bracket. IC Catholic, they jumped up two spots to a number two. And IC Catholic here, this is quite the discrepancy on the seeding in the polls. IC Catholic in the north is a seven seed there the most dangerous seven seed in the state i know and no wonder they got so much action uh there with people talking about them uh, yep. being number two in 4a but dangerous there to say the least uh you got a uh, uh, bull in there at a number three they actually jumped up three spots uh, we academy also jumped up three spots as well 
Richmond Burton stayed the same at five. Uh, Murfreesboro actually took that loss in week nine to DeCoin. So uh, they actually fell three spots to a number six, but they still hang on to the uh, two seed in the south, and uh, they play against Taylorville on Saturday. Uh, St. Lawrence comes in, and they jump up one spot to number seven. Dixon also jumped up a spot to number eight. Uh, Kawani, they jumped up a spot to a number nine. And Breeze Central closes out the year ranked number 10 after not being ranked last week. And Breeze Central is a four seed in the south there. Other receiving votes category, Mount Zion received a six, but that was it from around the area for 4A. And in 5A, uh, Prairie Ridge, they are still number one. And this I found quite funny. Uh, Prairie Ridge was uh, number one, but then uh, they received a nine first place votes. Uh, a team that was ranked seventh, Antioch, received the other first place vote. That's ridiculous. In 5A. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Morris, number two in the uh, 5A. Uh, polls. Uh, Sycamore actually took a loss in week nine, so they fell from number two all the way to uh, five uh, there. And uh, Morton also, I believe, took a loss in week nine because they fell from number five to number nine uh, there. And if you're wondering about Muhammad Seymour, uh, they received a nine votes in the other receiving votes category. Island also received a nine votes as well, if you're interested in that mm-hmm. and uh, that does it for the last polls of the uh, season uh, checking in though real quickly on a uh, 6a one of our favorite uh, classes to uh, check in on and uh, east st louis still number one they're at seven and two we have one two three four five six seven seven of the ten are seven and two on the year including oakland richards who jumped up and they weren't ranked before this. By the way, East St. Louis is a four. Yep. That is a dangerous four seed if I've ever seen one. Kankakee number two mm-hmm. in the uh, in the polls and where are they? There are one. One in the uh, south. One in the south. That would make sense. Yep. Uh, there. So uh, that's it. That closes the book for our uh, high school uh, polls for the Associated Press for the season there. Now, just throw those records, throw those rankings out the window, and all that matters is that everyone is a zero and a zero at this point in the season. We start the second season. Some start on a Friday, a couple of matchups, including the uh, Cumberland Pirates. We'll hear from Coach Watkins talking about uh, that uh, victory in Week 9 and the uh, big playoff matchup coming up tomorrow evening against Casey. And also in the podcast as well, we catch up with Coach Hefner as well of the FEM Hearts, talk about uh, his win to uh, clinch a playoff berth, and then uh, the rematch with Mount Zion coming up on a Saturday. And we'll go in-depth with our area playoff matchups as well tomorrow. But right now we got to close out with uh, some uh, football, and we'll close out with some uh, college football. And we'll talk about uh, the uh, week. Uh, what week is this in uh, college football? This is week number nine of the college season already according to ESPN we'll talk about that to close out the show the starting lineup from 98.9 the game studios will be right back (laughs) hey son how are you feeling Uh, I'm fine pops 
What's on your mind? I just... I can't explain it. Navigating without a compass, eyes waiting, started to wander. Metamorphosis, lost of who you thought you was. When your kid can't find the language, help them find the lyrics. Listen to the Sound It Out album and get tips and tools to start a comprehensive adventures. A lot of schools talk about training the cybersecurity workforce of the future, but do they really deliver? My Computer Career has been supplying the IT workforce with thousands of skilled, certified pros for 15 years. Train with the experts in support, networking, or cybersecurity and start your career in months, not years. Upskill even faster. On campus or live online, qualified students may get financial aid, including the GI Bill. My Computer Career. Accredited. Acclaimed. Effective. Take the free career evaluation at mycomputercareer.edu. Klein Tools are new at Lowe's, pros. Lowe's knows you want top brands and quality products, and Klein Tools delivers. Right now, get the Klein three-piece Modbox mobile workstation for $319.94 and the Klein five-piece cushion grip screwdriver set for just $34.97, both exclusively at Lowe's. Shop the largest selection of Klein Tools, the highest quality tool brand at Lowe's. Because Lowe's knows tools, Lowe's knows pros. Greenberg is Greeny. Hurts and Allen, those two are the modern template for quarterback development. They're talented, in need of patience, coaching, and now look at the fields is exactly the same. People of Chicago have been waiting all of their lives, like a century plus, what they are finally about to have. Justin Fields is going to be the next superstar quarterback in the NFL. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg, and you're listening to Effingham, source for local sports and home to Greeny on 98.9 The Game. And now, the starting lineup. Caught! It's going to be caught! And for a touchdown! No! On 98.9 The Game. No! Back in to the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9 The Game, ESPN Radio. We're only here on ESPN Radio for just a, a smidge, a bit longer. But we won't have a lot of time to uh, talk about this. Uh, tomorrow will be high school football-centric as well as the World Series. that gets underway uh, tomorrow night as well. So let's take a look at the uh, college football slate of things that are going to be happening uh, this weekend. And uh, no Illini football. What are we going to do without uh, Illini football this Saturday? I guess we'll just have to find pain elsewhere. As uh, 11 a.m. kickoff for Florida State and Wake Forest. Florida State uh, currently ranked number four. Uh, Oklahoma, they are uh, number six in the country. Uh, they are going to be uh, visiting uh, Lawrence, Kansas, and that game is at 11 a.m., and that is the uh, big noon kickoff game, the uh, second pregame show, of course. Don't forget that. And they're going to be in Rock Chalk, Kansas this weekend for that matchup. Also at 11 a.m., Indiana and uh, Penn State, Penn State, number 10 team in the country, and 32-point favorites in this one. My goodness. Will we have entertainment on that game tomorrow? Possibly. Possibly. I thought we were going to lick our wounds this week. Yeah, we'll see. Ah, things have changed. All right. I like it. I like it. Uh, Number one team in the country, uh, Georgia. They are going to be against uh, Florida, and that is going to be the neutral site game 
of course, they're in Jacksonville. And the Dogs, favored by 14.5 points there in that rivalry game against the Gators. Uh, BYU, uh, they are against number seven, uh, Texas. Longhorns favored by 18 points in this one. Uh, I had a 230, uh, Oregon and uh, Utah. That's number eight, Ducks, against the uh, 13 Utes. And uh, this is where college game day is. And Oregon favored by six and a half in that one on Saturday. Uh, Pitt versus number 14, uh, Notre Dame. Fighting Irish, 20-and-a-half-point favorites in that one against the 2-and-5 Panthers. Uh, number 20, a Duke against number 18, a Louisville. Louisville favored by 4-and-a-half. Uh, Tulane against Rice. Uh, number 24, USC against Cal. The Trojans favored by 11. Uh, number 5, Washington at 6 o'clock against uh, Stanford. Uh, number 19, Air Force matching up with Colorado State. Number one or number 21, Tennessee against uh, Kentucky. Uh, number three, Ohio State against Wisconsin. This is the Big Ten Saturday night game at 6.30 on NBC. 14.5-point favorites are the Buckeyes there in Madison. And uh, Vanderbilt number 12 against number 12, Ole Miss. Colorado, hey, we haven't heard uh, about them in a while. Colorado, they are against number 23, UCLA. Bruins favored by 17. Love it. And that one against Coach Prime. Love it. Uh, number 17, North Carolina, trying to bounce back after their loss last week against Georgia Tech. They'll be all right. They're favored by 11 and a half. You got Old Dominion taking on uh, Eric's fourth James Madison. favorite team Let's in college football. Number 25, James Madison. There, we'll see if they can keep their undefeated. I want the, them to be the only undefeated team and then still not get a bowl game. <laughs> yeah. uh, 7-0 on, their, on the season and a 4-0. In the uh, Sun Belt, there favored by twenty. That yeah, tough matchup though, Old Dominion, who's also three and one in conference play. Yeah, they are four and three overall though. Uh, number eleven, Oregon State, will be against Arizona, closing out the uh, slate of games there in a top twenty-five action. And elsewhere in the uh, Big Ten, we got uh, Maryland and Northwestern. That riveting matchup at eleven a.m. at two thirty, Michigan State against Minnesota. Uh, also at 2.30, Purdue against Nebraska there. And that's it for the Big Ten besides the other matchups that we look out for uh, there. And no Illinois and no Michigan either. Probably maybe not the best thing to be off this week mm-hmm. for Michigan with everything that they're under with the uh, sign-stealing saga that they're going uh, through and whatnot, and it just seems like every day some sort of new details are coming yeah. out with that. You know, at first it was only two teams in the Big Ten that weren't purchased tickets for, but now it's everybody uh, besides Michigan, of course, uh, there. And there's now even some non-Big Ten teams that could potentially have made the college football playoffs that they purchased tickets for at this certain staffer there that only makes like 50 some thousand dollars a year but somehow he was able to afford to arrange the tickets and the travel expenses for these uh quote-unquote people that scouted the games on both sides of the stadium Mm -hmm. uh if you will so uh just new ugly details could this push coach harbaugh finally to uh break the chains break the handcuffs of the ncaa regulations and it's a little bit more easier to cheat in the NFL 
Just ask Coach Belichick yep. uh, there. And if this is going to be the last ride for Coach Belichick, I mean, we got to have somebody else slide in there for for him. And I see what you're saying. Could be, could be Coach Harbaugh uh, there. I mean, we, I think it was just uh, Canty and whoever was filling in there for uh, Greeny was just talking about uh, Harbaugh and uh, Herbert possibly there at the Chargers. He likes him. They were discussing some some things with Herbert mm. uh, there and how Coach Harbaugh likes him. Uh, there, but uh, yeah, probably not the best week for Michigan to have a bye week uh, there with all the distractions that they're going through. And of course, as I mentioned yesterday, uh, Coach Bielema talked about the appeal for uh, Johnny Newton's suspension was denied, so uh, he's going to be suspended for the first half of that game against Minnesota uh, next Saturday. And uh, that game was announced as a 2:30 kickoff as well for that game against the Gophers. So plan your schedules accordingly Mm -hmm. there next Saturday. Uh, But, of course, on uh, tomorrow's show will be high school football. Sinjurik talking about those playoff matchups, but we'll still uh, transition into the uh, Sports Spectacular powered by the Illini guys. And, of course, we also got to be hitting up tomorrow on uh, some uh, college basketball because the uh, exhibition game against Kansas, the return of Bill Self oh, yeah. there to uh, Champaign is on Sunday there. So uh, big things happening in Champaign-Urbana this weekend there. And our friend Hunter Dickerson coming back to town as well for charity for Maui is what we're doing this for on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So we'll be uh, here tomorrow to uh, preview that all. Stick around for the uh, podcast to hear from our area coaches and uh, see whatever else we can get to here in the pod. And of course, tomorrow we'll have Pick'em for high school football and we'll be talking NFL as well as some NASCAR and a NASCAR Pick'em. You don't want to miss that because we're getting down to the nitty gritty. Only a couple races left in the NASCAR season mm-hmm. uh, there. So a couple more races that decide the NASCAR Pick'em championship for this season. And so stick around for that tomorrow. And stick around here on ESPN Radio. Coming up next here on ESPN Radio in the afternoon is Carlin versus Joe. And then Freddie and Harry after that. So enjoy and we'll talk to you in the pod. Thanks for listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome back in and welcome to overtime of the uh, start in a lineup. Trap Sparks, Eric Fry still here with you. And uh, coming up, we got some uh, this date in uh, sports history. Got to clean up stuff with some hockey stuff as well. And uh, just some other random news and uh, notes. And, of course, Cumberland Coach Watkins and FEM Coach Hefner as well coming at you here in a little bit as well. But before we get to those two gentlemen to talk about their postseason matchups, is there anything on SportsCenter that you wanted to clean up? There sure is, Travis. Let's get to it. 
Dutch. My page would load. Thank you. Uh, Blackhawks are setting off on a two-game road trip. The Hawks will take on the defending champ, Vegas Golden Knights, for the second time in six days tomorrow night. Chicago's on a three-game losing streak. That's great. Yes, and the Knights are still undefeated. Yep. 7-0. They'll wrap up their road trip against the Coyotes on Monday, Travis. Ooh. One member of the Colts receiving corps is clarifying some recent comments. Michael Pittman Jr. addressed comments he made after Indy's loss to the Browns. Pittman said his emotions got the best of him because he has, quote, never been a good loser, end quote. The Colts' leading receiver recently complained to an Indianapolis Star reporter about his involvement in the offense. He was targeted five times and caught two passes, including a 75-yard touchdown against the Browns. Pittman is also in the final year of his four-year rookie contract. Well, who is a good loser? Well, not only that, I wonder if he'd be making those comments if he wasn't in the rookie, his final year of his contract. So, Yeah. Because to me, I read that, Travis, you were targeted five times and only made two catches. That means you had three drops or three you didn't catch. So <laughs> what are you complaining about? You want more touches? Catch the ball more. Receivers always want more. I know. More I know. Catches. Uh, 49ers are likely going to be without their starting quarterback for Sunday's game against the Bengals. The San Francisco head coach Kyle Shanahan announced Wednesday that Brock Purdy is in the NFL concussion protocol. Purdy played all of the Niners' loss to the Vikings on Monday Night Football and could miss his first game of the season. Should he not play, San Francisco will turn to veteran Sam Darnold under center. Oh, Darnold boy. started six games for the Panthers last season. Sam Darnold. Uh-huh. Here we boy, go. if you're the 49ers, I bet you wish you still had some people on your roster now. <laughs> Right. Uh, uh, here's the thing. I bet those people wish they were still on the 49ers uh, roster. I'm sure, yeah. Uh, another star NFL player is getting into team ownership, Travis, as Cleveland Browns star pass rusher Miles Garrett is finalizing a deal to purchase a minority stake in the Cleveland Cavaliers. Garrett will also serve as an official brand ambassador for the NBA franchises. Cavs owner Dan Gilbert referred to Garrett as a Cleveland icon while welcoming the 27-year-old as a new partner and investor. Garrett signed a lucrative five-year, $125 million extension with the Browns in 2020. Icon. Cleveland icon. There hasn't been a lot of icons in Cleveland, Travis. I think icon is a little thrown out too heavy of a word And, there. and I love how he's becoming an owner in 2023 after signing a five-year deal in 2020. Dan Gilbert, that means there's only two years left. What are you going to do when that contract comes up and he goes elsewhere? Right. I guess he's going to sell his yep. ownership stake, I guess. I guess. It's the only thing to do. Uh, the Rangers are going to send Nathan Evaldi to the mound for the series opener. Yep. The Dimebacks are going to counter with Zach Gallion. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, yep. The Astros are on the search for a new manager. Dusty Baker is retiring from his position as skipper of the Astros. We talked about that last mm-hmm. yep, I saw yesterday. That. Um, Baker spent the last four seasons as a manager from the Astros. The prolific toothpick chewer is the 12th manager in MLB history to reach 2,000 wins. His 57 postseason wins rank him fourth all time. Yep. Um, one of Major League Baseball's brightest young stars could be on the move. As according to SNY, the Yankees have had preliminary conversations with the Padres about a trade involving Juan Soto. The expectation among rival executives is that Soto would be available in the right deal, which means San Diego is not actively shopping Soto, but is not rolling out a move either. Yeah, and again, if this happens, if he goes to the Yankees, mm-hmm. I just want to say no one will believe me, but I've already done that on my on my video game. Yeah, how did it turn so, out? He's doing pretty well. Yeah. Hasn't turned in any championships yet, but. 
By the way, unlike... Another video game move of mine that turns to right. fruition. Unlike Mr. Trout, uh, Soto played all 162 games last season. Hmm. So, just pointing that out. Just pointing that out. And had an MLB leading 132 walks. Wow. Yep. There you go. Travis, tell me what you feel about this. The NBA is going back to its original format for this season's All-Star Game in Indianapolis. The game will feature an Eastern Conference team and a Western Conference team comprising of 12 players from each conference. There will no longer be a target score in the fourth quarter with the game returning to the standard 12-minute four-quarter contest. The league had been making use of an All-Star draft with fans voting for team captains each of the past six seasons. The game will take place February 18th at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Travis, are you a fan? Yeah, I'm a fan of going back to the old old school format, yep. and I, I saw the East versus West thing, but I didn't see the uh, uh, going back, going away with a target score, Yep. Uh, but I also like that as well, yep. going back to the original format, so I'm fine with it. Yep, yep, I yep. think they tried with the captains, it was cool for a while. Yeah, it just, it's just, it's, it's out. It's running its course. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's it. That's it. That's Sports Center. That's your sports center. All right. So uh, let's uh, turn things over here to our two area coaches. Coach Watkins from the uh, Cumberland Pirates is up first as his matchup is up first as it's tomorrow evening on a Friday night. So just your typical Friday night football matchup with, well, your season on the line. You win, you advance to round number two, you lose, your season's over, you turn in your equipment on Monday, and hopefully uh, that uh, doesn't happen. But it's going to happen for half of the yep. matchups here on our 32-team side of things. So we'll turn things over to Coach Watkins here, and, and then we'll hear from uh, Coach Hefner talking about his uh, first-round playoff matchup with a familiar opponent, the Mount Zion Braves. Just faced off against them a couple weeks ago. So uh, we'll hear from uh, Coach Watkins and Coach Hef right now. Eric Fry, happy to be joined by Coach Watkins of the Cumberland Pirates. And, uh, Coach, uh, first of all, let's start with Friday night. As we got a lot to unpack here. Friday night, I thought the Pirates uh, had one of their better games of the season. No mistakes, no turnovers. Uh, the offense did what it needed to do, and the defense getting their first shutdown of the season. How important was it to build that momentum heading into the playoffs? I think it was it was critical. You know, I mean, it's, it's good to build the momentum, but again, it's good to see us execute stuff that we have been preaching, you know, all, all season long. You know, you talked, you alluded to the, the turnover situation, the penalty situation, you know, and, and we do these interviews, we've discussed it, it seems like every week and it's good whenever we kind of like, finally, you know, figure that stuff out. And, and yeah, like you said, I thought we played a pretty good game um, all around on Friday, maybe took us a series or two to get going. And, uh, but other than that, yeah, real pleased with the, with the effort and execution on Friday. And with that win, Cumberland got to their sixth win of the season, which made them playoff eligible. That's the 14th time in Cumberland's history that they made the playoffs the sixth straight coach and out of teams in the South. That's the third most consecutive playoff appearances. How does that make you feel hearing that stat about the third most in the South playoff appearances? That's good. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, very good. Uh, testament again to the kids and the hard work and, and everything that they they do and you know just not during the season but in the off season the weight room and everything so um, hopefully that's something that we can continue uh, moving forward as well. And now we talk about the opponents and it's someone who on the football field haven't seen a lot of recently but someone obviously no uh, love lost no strangers at all and that being the KZ Westfield Warriors traveling to KZ on Friday night. Tell me a little bit about, first of all, just getting the matchup of, of facing Casey, uh, an opponent that, again, 
the distance is so close between the two communities. Yeah, it's kind of ironic, you know, really. I mean, these kids haven't, you know, that are in high school haven't played them on the football field. Now mm-hmm. they play football and baseball and other sports and stuff. So uh, maybe they don't understand, like me, you know, we played them in high school all the time. And up till, you know, um, I think the early 2010s there, we, we played them. So, but these kids that are in high school, you know, like even JFL, you know, haven't played them or anything. So um, they may not understand the rivalry or the, you know, the, the history that goes mm-hmm. on. Um, as far as football goes, but yeah, they're you know I think nine or ten miles away from Green up here, so they are very close. So um, I guess it's nice to not have to travel very far. Sometimes in the playoffs you have to go a ways, but to drive nine or ten miles and leave fifteen minutes for you know you want to get there is nice. But uh, again, it's it, they're they're a good opponent. They're they're solid. You know, watching film on them and they are really I mean a complete team. You know, they're eight and one for a reason and playing the uh, tough conference. So um, they're yeah good a good team and. And uh, and just again have our have our hands full. That's for sure. And you said tough conference, but their combined opponents' record this year was only thirty-one and fifty. The Pirates thirty-nine and forty-two. So you guys did face tougher competition. Um, and again, you know, you mentioned the kind of history. These two teams haven't faced each other in a uh, regular season game since I believe twenty eleven, uh, back when they were conference foes. And it was Casey uh, who got the win in that one. I believe sixty to eight was what I. I saw three times Cumberland's face uh, Casey in the playoffs. Casey's won all three. So, Coach, is there a little bit of a chip on the shoulder? Uh, you know, you mentioned for you more so than the players of facing this team that historically has had some success against the Pirates. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could put it that way. But again, it's kind of what the kids. You know, the kids are the important ones here, and mm-hmm. that they don't have a lot. I mean, maybe they may know from their parents and stuff, understand the history and everything, but. Uh, it's just, you know, first round of the playoffs and we gotta come and, and be prepared to play against the you know, like I said, a really good team. They're they're solid. Um defensively, I mean they're a good overall team, but defensively I think they're mm-hmm. as good as maybe we'll, we'll we're gonna face during this season. So um we've gotta be ready to play and, and just do the things we've preached all year long, control what we can control and um we can't make mistakes, you know, and um against an opponent like this. So again, we gotta, you know, practice or put into play what we've talked about you know all season long um if we don't do that it may be you know kind of difficult for us but if we can i think it gives ourselves a chance yeah one of the higher point differentials in the 1a playoffs at 29.7 points uh the differential between the offense and the defense and uh coach i wanted to ask you the friday night um you know playing obviously that benefits both teams because it's kind of keeping that that rhythm and and the the you know uh way things kind of fell, um, being so close, Friday night works out good because you get to kind of do the same thing you've been doing all year. Yeah, it's nice to stay in the routine. And, I mean, I contacted Coach Fritchnitz. He's the coach there at Casey after the pairings, and we were both in agreement. You know, that'd be beneficial for us to play on a Friday. And mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, maybe get maybe officials that are a little bit better, you know, that, that can go play, you know, do Friday games and Saturday games. It seems like there's a lot of games being played on Saturday. A lot of times mm-hmm. they Graphically, just doesn't work out, you know. And you can't play on Friday. For us, um, we were able able to do that. And again, it's something that me and uh, the other uh, Casey's coach agreed upon. And I think it's uh, yeah beneficial for uh, for both of us. All right, coach. Well, we wish you the best of luck. We will have that game, of course, on WCRA. And we'll talk to you after that game. We'll talk to you next week. All right, coach. Sounds good. Thank you, Eric. Charles Sparks here with FEM head coach Brett Hefner and coach. You guys won sixty-one to thirty-four over Centralia. 
on Friday, and that earned your uh, fifth win and became playoff eligible, so you're going to the playoffs. So uh, congratulations and uh, another week of football preparation. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, I thought the last two weeks especially we've played really, really well. And mm-hmm. uh, at this time of year, you always want to be playing your best. You know, we gave a couple away. I thought we gave a couple away during the year. Uh, so instead of being five and four, easily be seven and two, you know, six and three at the worst. You don't know what that matchup would look like. But uh, uh, to still be playing at this time of year, you know, I tell anybody that'll listen, you know, making the playoffs is the equivalent of winning a regional. So, you know, that's a, that's a pretty good feat. Uh, we've been fortunate enough, you know, five of the last nine and really, you know, the COVID year. So really sure. eight, five of eight or that year we were undefeated and won the conference. So you could go right. six of nine, however you want to look at it. So, yeah. um, you know, for our guys to, to do that, and, and with, especially when their backs were against the wall where it was two situ- two weeks in a row where – you lose, you're done. In yeah. essence, uh, for them to play the way they played and, and fight the way they the why they did, and you know to, to find a way to get in, um, you know, hats off to them. Right. Yeah. And we'll talk about the playoff matchup here in a second. But you got that fifth win with that win over Centralia, and I thought that the tone was set for that high scoring first half on the very first play of the game. They threw a deep pass. It was like a 55 yard pass, and then it was kind of on from there. He kind of traded scores, but. Uh, the big thing there was that they had a nice return after you guys scored, and then there was a fumble on that kickoff, and so that kind of got you started with another score. Yeah, I tell you what, when we talked to about the kids about this. You know, you just each week you never know how it's going to go. There might be there's weeks that the defense is going to win it, and offensively you're not you're struggling, and your whole thing is to not screw it up. And then there's mm-hmm. weeks that that uh, you know defense defense may struggle, and you're going to have to score. And uh, every week is different. This That particular week was one where we were going to have to keep scoring. We knew their athletes would present a problem. I mean, that's why I try to tell everybody, well, hey, they're two and six. They're giving up 40 points. Well, they're scoring 30-something points a game. Like, they got yeah. – you know, and that, that league is just a different type of league. I'm trying to think of – it's no different than in college. You see, you know, the Big 12 or the Pac-12 where they score all kinds of points and then the Big 10 where they don't. Yeah. You know, it's kind of the same thing. That conference, if you look at those conference scores, they've all scored. Points. Mm-hmm. Whether they're winning or losing, they've all scored points. So we kind of had a feeling that was going to be the way it went. Right, and it was also nice to see the way the offense was able to keep pace. He said that on Friday as well. He knew that they would uh, put up the points, and we talked about it in the past, maybe not as explosive as maybe in years past, like 2019 and whatnot, but you're still able to put up the points and keep pace with them. Yeah, I think the, the big thing was our guys have a pretty good understanding. Now, I think they're playing with a lot of confidence, but the other big thing, we didn't turn the ball over. Yeah, And when, when you don't give away possessions, you got a chance to score points. Mm-hmm, right, and also uh, the rush game was on point as well Weldon Dunstan had probably the best game of his varsity career with 39 carries I think he was locked in for 300 yards there and uh, tied for the school record for most rushing touchdowns as well with six and so that was a big factor in the game too yeah you know I thought our guys did a good job up front uh, creating lanes for him you know and and, you know he runs hard finishes runs uh, doesn't go down easy and I think uh, the other thing like I've said with our backs in the past the the more reps they get and the more feel they get the better they are and he's starting to and by this time of year he should he you know developing a pretty good feel for things mm-hmm. well last two weeks you could look at it as a kind of de facto playoff games and now you guys are set for the playoffs and as it turned out you get a very familiar opponent in the Apollo Conference rivals Mount Zion and you could look at that both ways of you don't have to do as much in-depth prep you know them 
but they also know you very well as well. Yeah, and it, the tough part about it is, it, it, like you said, they know you. The tough part is that you just played two weeks ago. Two that, weeks that's, now. That's the hard part, you know. And, and uh, you know, it's always difficult in any sport to beat somebody more than once. Mm-hmm. Um, really difficult when, uh, you know, most people would probably figure they've okay, they figured ahead of, finished ahead of you in a conference. You know, so to beat somebody that's supposedly better than you twice is going to be difficult. But, uh, you know, like I said, I think our kids are playing with a lot of confidence. It's a known opponent. Uh, somebody that they know that that we have to, you know, that we know how to beat. Uh, we've done it uh, many years, and the formula for beating them doesn't change. It's just a matter of being able to execute. Yeah, yeah, and the venue also changes as well. It'll be at their place and on Saturday at two thirty. Yeah, and they're they're a little more difficult to handle at home. They get yeah. a little bit more juice about them at home. You know, jump around a little bit more. Um, than when they're on the road, and so it's going to be important to uh, you know to get off to a good start and not give them a chance to to get get jumping up and down early. Yeah, I've been to very many games up there where you know good teams have, have fell there because of the home field advantage that they have and whatnot. But you know, you just won there a couple of years ago, so that maybe it gives. We you did, you know, confidence. and that's and that's what we've talked to our kids about. Like really, you know, in last year's game. You know, uh, in my opinion, we probably should have won that one. So sure. the last few times, you know, the last few years, we've kind of had, uh, you know, had the upper hand a little bit. And like I said, I, I think because of that, our kids have a lot of confidence and know the formula that it takes to beat them. We just have to execute it. All right, Coach. Well, we'll see how it works out there on a Saturday. And uh, good luck, and we'll talk to you after the game. Sounds good. Thank you. Appreciate those two uh, gentlemen for hopping on uh, the uh, program. And before we get to uh, this date in uh, sports history, I wanted to clean up stuff from hockey because we only had one game last night. That's right. We went from all 32 teams in action a couple of nights ago to only one game. That was the Capitals against the Devils. And I wanted to mention it because Ovechkin scored a goal and 8-24 of his career now for Ovi there. And Caps won the game. Hmm as well so um and then a more loaded schedule tonight uh the blues they continue their uh canadian swing as they're in calgary tonight to take on the flames there and the avalanche put their undefeated start on the line against the penguins and uh the uh, bruins also will be in boston to host the ducks and boston is also undefeated as well red wings they're five and one on the season. Good start for them. They're hosting the Jets as well. Uh, Eric's Kraken is in Carolina. Take on the uh, Hurricanes there. And then uh, Toronto's in Dallas. Take on the Stars. Stars they're undefeated as well, but they're only four zero and one. And Edmonton trying to right the ship after their bad start, and they're against the Rangers tonight in Edmonton there so it's a quick little uh hockey update and also i uh, saw something uh there uh this morning that actually just came out that uh the uh a, a senators player or uh the center for ottawa senators shane pinto he's been suspended for 41 games for gambling mm. and uh this is the uh, first related uh, gambling violation and gambling punishment that the NHL has uh, handed out. And so uh, this was 
you know, when gambling sports wagering was first uh, legalized in 2018. So this is the first one that's happened in the NHL. Uh, it's not clear, though, uh, how Pinto violated the sports wagering policy, but according to the NHL, the league's investigation found no evidence that Pinto made any wagers on any NHL games, but still a violation of the policy that he suspended 41 games for. And also it was uh, kind of ironic that in 2021, the Ottawa Senators became the first NHL team to put a gambling advertisement on their helmets through a deal with Bet. 99 there the investigation into pinto was going on ongoing for a few weeks and completed on wednesday and the players association was aware of the investigation as it would be throughout any legal matters involving players there and of course the collective bargaining agreement states that gambling on any nhl game is prohibited if a rule is a rule posted in every dressing room around the league the NHL Constitution, a document that details everything from club ownership rules to the powers of the commissioner, conveys similar information. Players and those working for a team or the league are allowed to bet on non-NHL events. So I don't know what the violation is there, mm. especially on that last part. Right. There, but 41-game suspension for Shane Pinto for gambling. Mm. There. So... Uh, he also uh, released a statement saying he wanted to apologize to the National Hockey League, the Senators, my teammates, the fans and city of Ottawa, and most importantly, my family. I take full responsibility for my actions and look forward to getting back on the ice with my team. There. Um, just thought that was interesting. Yeah. About the first gambling suspension for the NHL. And I think that's all I got for news and a notes thing. We talked about everything else uh, there. So the only thing left is to get to this day in sports history. Yeah. Did you want to talk about the NFL game tonight? Uh, you can mention it. It's going to happen. The Bills are hosting the Bucks. Buffalo's favorite by nine and a half. Tonight, the Bills are trying to bounce back. And I was say, is it must win for the Bills? I would think so. You're at home. You're against Baker Mayfield and the Bucks yeah. of all teams. Uh, but Bucks have won two of their three games. I've been on the road, so two and zero oh away from the friendly confines of Tampa. Mm. But yeah, I mean, if the Bills lose tonight, it would be concerning mm-hmm. for sure. Even more concerning. Alrighty, let's go. I agree with you. Uh, let's go to this day in sports history, Travis. On this day in 2016, Anthony Davis became the first player with 50 points, 15 rebounds, 5 assists, and 5 steals in a game since steals were first recorded in the 73-74 season in the Pelicans season opener against the Nuggets. Just the fifth 50-point game in a season opener in NBA history and the first since Michael Jordan in 89-90. Hmm. On this date in 2005, the White Sox win Game 4 of the World Series. Featured a great catch by Juan Uribe in the ninth inning to sweep the Astros and win their first World Series since 1917, an even longer drought than the Red Sox snapped a year prior. Mm. Yeah, just curses being broke all over the That's place. Right. Uh, on this date in 1997, after rallying to tie the score in the ninth inning of Game 7, the Marlins, in their fifth season as a franchise, walk off against the Indians to win the World Series as 21-year-old Edgar Renteria gets the game-winning hit off of Cleveland pitcher Charles Nagy. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. On this day in 1996, after going down 2-0 in the series, the Yankees win their fourth game in a row against the Braves, clinching their first World Series title since 1978 with a win in Game 6. Mm. On this day in 1995, Mario Lemieux has a hat trick as he becomes the 20th player in the NHL history to reach 500 career goals. Mm. And finally, Travis, an important day in the NBA on this day in 1984 as John Stockton, Charles Barkley, and the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan, all made their NBA debut. Mm. There you go. That's right. And we'll have lots more tomorrow. Lots more tomorrow. Yep, yep. Including uh, a famous moment that Travis is going to remember. I will remember. You will remember it. <laughs> Very well. So we'll see. We'll see what that is mm-hmm. tomorrow. Plus the weekend. You know, we always got a lot for the weekend. We do. Yeah, there's always a lot to get to yep. over the course of a couple of days. There, so we'll talk about that tomorrow. Like I mentioned, we'll talk about the uh, more of the playoffs for the first round of the IHSA playoffs. And then get set for more of the NFL uh, slate. We'll take a look at the Sunday matchups there. Uh, plan your, I was going to say plan your fantasy teams accordingly, yep. but nobody's on by. I guess. Is there a London game? No. No. No game in London. So you're good. If you want to sleep in on Sunday, you can. Yeah, as I say, I mean, rest up because on the 5th, next Sunday, you want to get up early for that in Germany. Dolphins, Chiefs, that's appointment television there. 8.30 oh, yeah. a.m. for that outstanding matchup. So what a treat. The Germans get to see Tua versus Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. Is Taylor Swift going to go to uh, Germany to watch this game? I know she's going to be there next year. Does it coincide with maybe the on-sale <laughs> date of her German uh, leg of her tour? Yeah, maybe? we could try to correspond that. Yeah. Get on that. <laughs> That's next week, though. Uh, Chiefs, uh, Dolphins will have to worry about the uh, Patriots saying the Chiefs travel to a Denver there. So, hmm. long road trip for Chiefs. Germany. By the way, Travis, I forgot to mention it, but with the start of the NBA season officially mm-hmm. kicked off, yeah, LeBron James is now the oldest NBA player in the league. Wow. Since Udonis Haslam retired, he has taken the mantle from Udonis Haslam. LeBron is the oldest player in the NBA. Wow. Mm-hmm. How old does that make me feel? LeBron is 38. Hmm. Oldest player in the league. Yep. That's crazy. Yep. But. All right. Very was, well. Uh, LeBron, though, still younger than, Sha- or the same age as Shaq when Shaq was with the Celtics in 2010, 2011. <laughs> kind of faded, fading away Shaq. <laughs> yes. Very much so. It was so. the same age as LeBron is now. So that puts you in perspective of. Very much so. Uh-huh. Very much so towards the tail end of Shaq's career. The big leprechaun. I think it was his nickname there in Boston. Yep. yep. So, all right. By the way, will LeBron pass Vince Carter, Udonis Haslam, who each played until they were 42? Uh, maybe. I mean, it all depends. 
we're not just talking now that uh Bronny has gone on some uh health problems yeah. we're, we're talking about the other one now sticking around until he can play uh, or maybe until both of them can play uh, wouldn't that be something uh, playing with not one but both of your sons in the nba jordan didn't do that did he doesn't make him better so there you go longevity career for the brahm playing with both of his sons potentially in the nba but that's a few years down right. down the pipeline uh, there. All right. So uh, we are going to get out of here for the uh, day that concludes our show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. We'll be back for your loaded uh, football Friday edition of the start Atlanta tomorrow. Pick them NASCAR, pick them high school football centric show tomorrow. So uh, until tomorrow, we'll talk to you then. Peace out.